Happy New Year. We enter into this time of worship uh, and continue and for the reading of the gospel lesson from Matthew's account, the second chapter in the first 12 verses, I invite you to rise in physically or in spirit as you are able. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Word of God in Scripture. The Word of God among us and the Word of God within us. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you bow with me? May the words of my mouth and the ponderings of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord God our rock and our redeemer, the one whose true light still shines in the darkness. Amen. Years ago, I gathered up homiletical magazines and books and was invited by a friend to go off for a uh, a three-day retreat, a preaching retreat. We would we would sit down and and work through texts and uh, topics and scriptures. This was all the way in Big Dexter, Texas. Dexter, did you know there's a town named after you? A city named after? Well, it's not a city. It's not even a town. It's I don't know what it is. It's just Dexter. Uh, there are a few people that live there. We would study together and pray together and share together. As night settled in, though, I was very unsettled because two things were very apparent to me. 
The apogee of Mars was as close, that is, Mars was as close to the earth that night, that very night, as it, uh, it was as close that night for the next 30,000 years. And the owner of the, uh, this beautiful place where we were staying also had a Celestron telescope. And so I just had to set aside what I was really about there to do. And I set up the scope on the, on the patio, on the deck overlooking a lake. I read through the materials because I wasn't really sure how the telescope worked and got it all worked out. And it had GPS, which was great, meaning that if you put in the coordinates and the uh, the telescope aligned itself with GPS. It could track anything in the heavens. And so, behold, I got it right. And the, the telescope came to life, and it began to track Mars across the heavens to perfection. Matthew's gospel is the only one that shares the story of the magi, of the wise men. We've culturally collapsed the story, and we sort of put everything in the blender together. Did you know that? And so I bet you have wise men in your nativity scene at home, don't you? So do I. But actually, i got to let you in on a little secret. They weren't there the night Jesus was born. We put them there, but they weren't there. Uh, Early on in Christianity, the birth of Jesus and the visit of the Magi were split apart, but somehow we fused the story and we blend it all together and we, uh, we stir it up, we mix it up, and so we place all of the characters there together to thinking that it's a more complete story. In Luke's account, the one most of us love and the one we most read at the season of Christmas, we're, we're let in on Mary's encounter with Gabriel, how Gabriel came, shared with her the story, how she went into the far country with her cousin Elizabeth. We hear Mary's story, her Magnificat. We hear her song. We hear her account of the birth. We have shepherds abiding in the fields at night, keeping watch over their flock, and the angels come and they sing. There's no room at the inn, and so the birth of Jesus takes place, witnessed by only a few shepherds. In Matthew's account, we're not given any of that. We're told the perspective of Joseph, who hears in a vision and a dream how the one with whom he is betrothed is now with child, but how he is to take Mary as his wife. Matthew's account tells us Joseph's story and his visions. The Magi travel from unknown uh, regions in the east, but we're not given an exact account. Monica's right. We don't know even how many there are, though we've named them. We've given them three names. They've traveled a vast distance, led by a distant star, and in rather juxtaposed and dramatic fashion from the Lucan account, <coughs> we have a theological and formidable shift. Exit, shepherds, enter wise men. 
exit stables, enter Herod's palace, exit poverty, and enter the wealth of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Exit the joy of wise men bowing in reverence before Jesus. Enter the terrified and paranoid lunatic King Herod. The story given in Matthew's account is is not a story of the ages. It's ageless, if we let it be. God sends a sign to foreigners. That ought to be a clue. Sometimes the people who are in the know are not the people we think. They're outsiders, not insiders. They resonate with this curiosity, just like a burning bush that God sends to Moses. God places a star, (coughs) and only a few people recognize this star, and they follow. They're not kings. They're not wise men, really. They're scholars of sort. They're astrologers. They're studiers. They're dream interpreters. They know the heavens, and from magi is the root word for magic. Did you know that? There's something magical about them. And while they follow a star, they sought a newborn king. The star wasn't enough to guide them, and so they sought and inquired in the highest courts, Politics and religion at that time were all wrapped into one. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Different sermon. Someday. They sought King Herod, such irony, magi are on a quest. They're open. Their, their, their ears are as big as they can be because they want to receive more knowledge, more information. And Herod and all of Jerusalem are paranoid and controlling and afraid. They'll use any means necessary to maintain power. Even the killing of innocent children is considered collateral damage. Good news received by the Magi was bad news to Herod and all of Jerusalem. When was the last time you considered the good news, tough news, hard news? There's no way the good news can transform you or me or us together if we never allow it to convict us or convert us or change us. The story told in Matthew is clear-cut. It's a story about outsiders who seek and the insiders who are blind. It's a story about those who seek and sacrifice, thus finding their life and their Lord, and those who want to maintain control with a tight fist and a tight heart. It is the very message Jesus will one day proclaim about the reign and the rule of God's kingdom that draws close to any and all who would seek justice and resist evil in whatever forms they present themselves. Led by God's light, the Magi locate the child and his mother, not in the stable, but rather in a house and in a home. I was driving this morning here to prepare and for us in worship. I thought about that home. It's not named, is it? And I think it was, it's not named. Do you know what that means? It means it could be your home. It means it could be my home. 
It could be our home in which the Christ child is found. And entering the home, they first offer their homage, their worship, their praise, their adoration, and then they open their gifts and present gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now wonder first about our worship. Our worship. Who is the subject and object of our worship? I had a preacher friend long time ago talk about how most folks think about worship. They think that the preacher and the choir and the worship leaders and the everybody, we're up here performing and you are the audience. <laughs> And you're analyzing and you're critiquing and you're snoring. No, you're not snoring. Um, <laughs> I've had a few, though, <laughs> in the past. I, I have one who actually worked crossword puzzles while I was preaching. The truth is that it's not us up on stage performing. And it's not just for an hour on Sunday morning. All of us, all of us, every single one of us, every single day of our life are involved in worship, are involved in praise, and in, are involved in adoration. How you live your life is seen by the audience, and that audience is God. God is watching. And not bet Midler's from a distance. Love the song, I don't like the theology. God is not distant, he is with us so much so that God watches over you and watches your life. Is it in praise and adoration of Jesus? The Magi reveal what joy there is to adore Christ. And after a long journey, fulfilling God's mission, God reveals yet again in another directive, in another vision to the Magi, take another road home. Don't go back to Herod. Don't go back to the way things are, what, what he told you to do. Don't follow him. Take a road. Take another road home. Now, I wonder what road you'll take in 2022. Is it going to be the same commitment you've had to Christ in the past? Or is Christ inviting you to follow him by another road, in another way, a deeper commitment, a wider commitment, a more joyful commitment? What would it look like to take another road as a disciple, a follower, one who has knelt in homage to Christ? And on that deck... In August, August the 23rd, 2003, it's almost been 20 years I had that preaching retreat. Tracking Mars was spot on, but I couldn't get the dead gum telescope to focus. I tried for over an hour. I pushed every button, I twisted every knob, and it was just this blurry haze going across the sky. Was I frustrated? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I was disappointed, but I think about that night 
from time to time the disappointment of not able to focus on Mars, to see the heavens but not have the opportunity. So every day, I pray, oh God, keep my eye on Christ. Keep my focus on his life, his mission, his vision. Keep my heart shaped as his was, and may my soul be in search of other souls. To him who is the one true light of the world. Hallelujah. Amen.